Rex. We are starting it out differently this week with a little bit of the Beatles. This is the Sun King. I feel like a radio DJ right now. This is the Sun King by the Beatles. It's a beautiful song. It's very, very short. I highly recommend that you take a listen to it because this is part of the energies this week. I wanted to start us out with the power of music to encapsulate what happens in our daily lives. So yeah, that's a good song for the week, everybody. It's got some beautiful uh, Italian in it, and um, here comes the sun, right? Another amazing Beatles song, separate but uh, related. So we're going to start out with the week of August 15th to the 21st, the vibes. We're going to start out with the vibes, 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 vibes. And maybe I'll riff off of that, but this is the week I'm titling Sun King. King can be a non-gendered word, I believe. I think that it's obviously tied historically to many things that are potentially patriarchal. Uh, but I want you to just think about it in terms of the sun shining, beaming in its glory. This is Leo season. We are in this like bright moment of just feeling regal. Feeling regal potentially in a decolonized way, just like in your own private world allowing moments to bask in the sunlight, letting the sun hit your face, and feeling a sense of deep self-worth and self-love. That's some good practice this week as we came off of weeks of challenges. This has been, wow, the sun has broken this week. I love it. I also wrote, clean up time as the clouds break, right? So we, you want to imagine that we're like almost on a beach, and now the there's been storms and lightning, so much lightning. Uranus has just been like lightning, lightning, lightning. And the ground beneath our feet has been shaking. The tower card has happened. And the full moon in Aquarius last week brought things into light that need to be reworked, crystallized, rewritten, recontracted, very emotional, very sad, potentially, potentially depressing. And now, August 15th to the 21st, we've got some good old Sun King the clouds breaking vibes. I'm going to be talking with Halo Rossetti, Rossetti uh, for like a good hour and a half or uh, maybe an hour, I think we spoke. And I'm so excited to share that dialogue with you. That's some Sun King energy for sure. Feeling regal, feeling creative, feeling like the joie de vivre, jouissance, as we say in the French. Um, so yes, this is an exciting week to just like be in the things that you love and potentially have some reprieve as you let the sun hit your face. And this can be metaphorical and actually literal. It's a good time to just take some time to soak up the sun. On the Northern Hemisphere, correct, right? This is a Northern Hemisphere perspective. My Southern Hemisphere folks are in winter. So just, you know, I'm feeling for you. You'll get that uh, during our winter solstice here <laughs> in Capricorn season. Okay, so I want to talk about just top of the week, the first three things that I want everyone to be mindful of, okay? I'm going to do the top three. I think it's very helpful. This is just overall week vibes. Verbal communication gets a major boost this week that will help clarify the in, like incredible mess of the last previous three to four weeks, okay? We had Mercury, which is the planet that rules communication and and like text messaging, DMs, emails, uh, any form of like written or verbal communication. Mercury has been in Leo, which has been challenging. Okay, not a not a sign that it does amazing in. Can be very very self oriented, but in a way that's a little bit too staunch. Um, can be very 
uh, yeah, just not seeing the forest for the trees and just being like, this is what I need right now. And I don't really care. You know, very much Mercury and Leo likes to talk about itself a lot. Mercury and Virgo, which is this beautiful moment we're having here. Mercury and Virgo is going to be trining Pluto, which I love. I love this for everybody. This is like important conversations, really uh, deep conversations, but ones that are like supported. There is a supported quality to the way we are communicating this week. And Pluto is about healing deep inner alchemical wounds. So when you have these two talking together in like a nice kissy kind of way, they're making a nice kiss, you are potentially communicating to heal wounds that were brought up during the pressure testing of our commitments, right? I spoke last week about committing and, and thinking about what is really valuable in your life and cutting down and cutting out a lot of the BS, this is a moment of pressure testing, right? And this is a moment of clarifying, having conversations that clarify the pressure testing, having conversations that heal the shocks and the like, you know, surprising elements of what happened over the last four weeks. Okay. The shadow side of this energy is nitpicking into a spiral or being overly critical of somebody or yourself, okay? Or getting bogged down in the details. It's potential, it could totally happen. Um, Pluto can also give an obsessive quality, but generally, I'm gonna say generally overall, this is a good time to communicate about real shit, okay? Real things that are happening in your life. This is like radical communication, radical honesty, but doing it in a way that's like, of course, knowing your audience a little bit, right? It's my Libra moon talking. Know your audience. So great time to communicate. Good time to sign contracts. This is powerful contracts. There's a lot of faded energy, F-A-T-E-D. There's a lot of faded energy in the sky right now. So whoever you are building bridges with through all of this disturbing, you know, disturbing electrical energy it's very powerful. So just keep that in mind. Uh, good time to like talk about the real stuff and, and sign some powerful contracts. Then the second point, I'm going to just keep reiterating it. It's like, what does your heart of hearts desire? What do you really need in your life? What do you really want? It's so fundamental. It's so much the energy of 2022. Like what are the fundamentals that you need this desire must be generative, right? So that's part of, I'm giving you a little bit of a boundary here. This is a little bit of a fall through from the uh, Aquarius full moon, which is all about boundaries. This desire must be generative. It mu the, your heart of hearts must be about something that's expansive, joy, generating joy, generating growth, generating love, sharing, birthing ideas, birthing creativity, etc. That is so supported. That's the sun king energy. That's the like, we are going to shine. And so what you really desire needs to be something that is building for yourself on a micro level, for your community on what's called a meso level, and then on a macro level is what you're desiring better for the world. So these are things to get just really clear on, okay? With the sun basking metaphorically and potentially literally this week, it's time to like sit in that and feel the juiciness and the goodness of what you really desire. Things may, you know, the sun illuminates, so things may come up where you're like, oh, this is getting in the way of the deeper heart desire, right? So you, you could, that could come up, and it's good to just, like, this week to just, like, even imagine the sun burning the things away that feel like they're dragging you down or dragging elements of your desire down. And lastly, just overall, third point, 
This week is a softened landing from the last lunar cycle, which ran from July 28th to August 11th. Okay, so we are actually on what's like kind of a come down, you know, it's very likely a soft come down. I'm looking at this and I'm like, mm, pretty good, pretty good, pretty nice. I like it. Uh, we can welcome some sweetness into our lives, renewed inner flame, renewed fortitude around the things we really want, the things we really love and desire, including relationships, projects, jobs, uh, you know, hobbies, um, play and joy, children. These are all the Leonine things. It's very important, especially on or around Wednesday of this week to really directly speak to the universe in whatever way works for you and say like, this is what my heart wants. My heart wants this and this desire is good and I can achieve this heartfelt desire. So I'm giving you some life coaching here, but that's really like the vibe of Wednesday. I love Wednesday. Wednesday's a great day. So this is like, it's just a nicer, there's just like more nice things happening this week than they have in the last... Whoo, wow. Yeah, that last month. That last month was not quite an eclipse like level of uh eclipse cycle level of intensity, but it brought a lot of things up. It kicked up a lot of dust and we are coming down off of that. So this is yeah, this is about treating your treating yourself this week, like really diving into what you love and desire that's generative and creative, okay? It is a go time for your personal desires and personal autonomy. Starting on Monday, we have the moon in Aries. So this is just like go for what you want. By Wednesday, you will feel a big support from whatever you're doing on Monday. So like Monday, Tuesday, be working, be doing your thing, be like starting and incepting new ideas. Uh, it's a great time to take a little bit of a risk. It will be rewarded on Wednesday. Like I said, I love Wednesday. Thursday, the tone shifts a little bit. So I'm giving everybody, uh, um, I wrote yikes in my notes. Um, Thursday's, <laughs> Thursday, the moon enters Taurus. Taurus is this moment. I mean, 2022, I talked about it a lot ad nauseum. But Taurus, anytime the moon moves into Taurus, we're getting major shocks to the system. And it's it's almost like a little reminder of what the big work is for the whole year for you. So anything that's really felt destabilizing for you in 2022, anytime the moon moves into Taurus, it reminds you. It's like, oh, yeah, you got to work on that. Oh, that thing? That thing's not stable yet. Oh, that thing? It's under construction. Okay. So Thursday, big reminder, shock to the system. The moon's going to square Saturn. It's going to conjoin Mars. I don't like it. I don't like it. Those are malefic malefics. I'm just going to be, I'm giving you the tea right now. It's going to feel potentially Thursday is the one day where I'm like, you know, better to not try to like force things uh, through your ego perspective. You know, if you're like, oh, I'm right about X, Y, and Z. I got to prove it. Thursday's not the day. Thursday's not the day. Thursday's a day to go slow. It's a day to be, yep, I'm just going to say one more time. It's a day to slow it down. It's a day to check in with your body and be like, okay, what is on Thursday? What is bringing, what's coming up for me? Like literally on a somatic level, what's happening to like my fight or flight response? Do I feel grounded? Do I feel anxious? Who's popping in on Thursday? Like what are the external events that are happening on Thursday? Because they are somehow tied to the fabric of the larger picture of 2022 and what you need to work on in your personal life around things that are not yet stable, but are being pressure tested. Like I spoke about last week around, do you commit to them or not? Are they real? Do And are they real for you? 
more importantly, are they real for your long-term enjoyment and long-term, you know, path? This is for your path. Like, is this part of your hero's journey or not? So there's some pressure testing on Thursday. Um, yeah, the collective's going to be pretty wild that day. Expect some news in the, you know, there's going to be some news and social, social stuff happening, I'm sure. And then by Friday, there's a pressure release, which is nice. The moon moves into Gemini. And I like that. It's better. I'm just like, it's better than what's happening with the late degrees Taurus. So we move into the weekend with a little bit of pressure release. You might, it's a great time with the moon and Gemini on the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to be communicating about whatever was happening Thursday or whatever kind of like things that came up. It's a good Gemini is about phone calls, text messages, written letters, writing your feelings, journaling. So getting the things out, getting the thoughts out, I would say it might not be, you might not be really accurate about how you're, you know, like just write it out though. Just get it out. It's almost like a purging. It's a pressure release of whatever came on Thursday. I wouldn't jump to any conclusions is what I'm saying. Now the weekend is psychedelic. We have Mercury in Virgo opposing Neptune in Pisces. They are in their signs. They are in their rulership. So they are both very happy planets. The planet of communication is happy, opposing the planet of Alice in Wonderland, rabbit hole, dreams, visions, religion, psychedelic states, numinous feelings. So the weekend is psychedelic. That's why I'm like, it's going to be pretty intense. Um, the most like dry definition of this transit is it gives one a vivid imagination and creative talent, but can cause disappointment in close relationships because you're not perceiving reality um, clearly. So the mental faculties can be a little bit challenged by Neptune. I still really like this, though, because they're in they're both in their rulership. So the I think I think the best way to approach the weekend is like do something artistic or do something that's like really, really deeply soothing to your soul. That's even potentially a religious experience a great time to have a religious or spiritual experience over the weekend. But doing something like if someone's like, oh, this weekend, I'm going to like do a very fine detailed audit of something or I'm going to like organize this, this and this doing anything very mundane, even though Mercury is in Virgo and technically that would be great because of Neptune. Neptune is going to be like, nah, take all that mental mental energy, take all that mental sharpness and apply it to the arts to meditation, to uh, creativity in any way, to pleasure, to psychedelia, like to anything that doesn't really require getting things right. <laughs> because the, yeah, because basically Mercury is weakened by Neptune. That's what ends up happening. Now, it's a great time for literally, I'm like, this is a great time to go on a retreat. It's a great time for psychic downloads. Like, if you have a problem in your life right now, the weekend is a great time to literally talk to God or talk to the universe and just be like, please help me understand. Neptune is like the kiss of God, the kiss of of the, the numinous and the divine. And when it's talking to Mercury, it's like, boom, here's an incepted thought that can help you that you weren't thinking about and was not logical. Right. So great time to write as well. Creative writing would be better preferred than like nonfiction, to be honest, um, unless you're doing some sort of like, you know, you're loose with the truth. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, music, really great time to listen to music, go and, and listen to live music, sing, all that kind of stuff. Watching movies is a great thing to do during a Neptune transit because the entire entertainment industry is ruled by Neptune. 
And then, you know, have a little bit of flexibility with the dreams and the downloads that come in and don't immediately on the weekend be like, oh, I figured it out. I've got it all figured out. Boom, boom, boom. Just kind of wait until next week starts. But but be open to whatever downloads do come in and just hold on to them and have a flexibility with that holding. So that's the week in general. I like it. We're going to talk to Halo right now, and we're going to be talking about Sun Kings for sure if we're thinking about lions, in, in and I definitely think about lions when I think about Sun Kings. Come on now. Um, the Lion King. So we're going to talk about that. It's going to be freaking awesome. Please stay tuned. Halo is a gem. If you want to get a reading with me, look at my uh, show notes. There is a link to my link tree. You can find out all about me. And now we're going to talk to Halo. We are here on the world of Rex with Halo Rossetti. Did I say your last name correctly? Yes. Oh my gosh, one for one. I love it. <laughs> I mean, technically it's Rossetti, but I think you can get what you said is right. <laughs> Rossetti. Rossetti, Ooh, very okay. Italian. I mean, I'm I'm Spanish. We're close. Like we're yeah, okay. in we're in close proximity here. Coffee. Halo is a writer, director, performer and artist, multi-hyphenate creature person being interdimensional being world building positive futures in the husk of the capitalist experiment rossetti was one of seven inaugural 2021 circle of confusion writers discovery fellows mentored by lauren's mattis who did the matrix and the walking dead bam bam with their tv violet float which i am reading and they have a series of representatives, including Lord, including Lawrence Mattis, Zach Cox, and Casey Manella at Circle of Confusion. So they're repped as a writer-director. They're working on scripts, uh, a feature script called Pony. They're obviously got their pilot float, some other pilots also floating around. Floating around. And they're up to some big business. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. We're going to talk about some wild, varied things here. And uh, what do you have to say just on the top about being here, landing at the World of Rex? I just need you to know that Marvel's not wearing a shirt. You can't <laughs> see that. <laughs> oh my God, I'm certainly not wearing a shirt right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. But the people need to know. So that's what I'm looking at right now is, is Marvel blushing in a closet. <laughs> Stirless <laughs> on the world of Rex. Right this is the real the the, the man behind the curtain has been revealed. Yeah. I, I I record this podcast in a closet. Is the truth? Yes. With no shirt. With no shirt. You know. So yes. those I closest people, to me. Honestly, know. we need to make this a TV show because people are missing out. People <laughs> need to see. They're missing I agree. out. They're I agree. missing out. I agree. So I'm just I'm just out here chilling in the in the psychic closet with my. With my lovely friend Marvel, happy to be here. Yes, yes. Can't tell if he's blushing or sunburnt. So you know, I'm a combination of both. <laughs> I am definitely sunburnt. I also have rosacea on my cheeks, so it's like sunburnt rosacea, and I'm blushing because I'm shirtless in a closet. Yeah, <laughs> but in yeah, a but... cute way. Rosacea yeah. make it cute. You know, rosacea would make it cute. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So today is eight eight. It's the Lions Portal. We're talking. Okay. This will be released a week later, so folks are going to just be like, okay, that happened. But we're doing this on a big energetic day, and I know that a theme for today's podcast is lions, specifically trans lions. Yes. So it's Leo season. We're in the thick of it. We've got 8-8 portal. Here we go. How are you that, feeling? That Leo's trans. Leo the, Leo the Zodiac lion is trans. Do you guys know that? <laughs> 
that is what we're bringing to you today. Is yeah. That Leo, the zodiac sign, is actually a trans it's lion. Trans guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leo. It's a lot. There's a lot of them out there. So you should have been able to figure it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Okay, so Lions Portal. Do we want? Do you have anything you want to say about us talking on eight eight? Other than the fact that it's a special. Oh, I just love it, you guys. You know, I've been like getting to be friends with Marvel because he read my chart. Buy a reading. Buy a reading. Thank you. It was amazing. Blew my Thank mind. You. And then we were just like, okay, we're both these like powerful witches that just kind of talk about psychic shit all the time. So let's do it on the podcast. So I'm just hype as fuck. I'm hype about Marvel. I'm hype about our friendship. I'm happy to be here, bringing that big Aries energy. Just happy to be here, folks. Yes. Happy to be here. I'm stoked. Yes. Yes. Same. Same. Yeah. And it had to be this day. I mean, I've had dreams about lions. We'll get into it. But I was like, let's do it on this hype energetic day. Let's go. This is a hype energetic day, too, because 8-8 is a lion's portal. The the astrological association is the 15 degree mark of Leo. And I want to I'm going to do a little I'm going to do a little lesson here. Quick astrological tidbit. 15 degrees of any of the fixed signs. Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, Scorpio is considered a world point where you are more seen. It's like a sensitive point of fame. It's a fame point, essentially. Now, you can. there's many ways. The first thing people think of is actors, right? And stars. But the fame point can literally be like the person who invented Post-it notes. Everyone uses Post-it notes. They're famous. The person who invented them, nobody knows. So it can, it can function in but, the sense but that... But they do know. It's the two girls on Clueless. Yeah. Yes. Oh my okay. god. Amazing. Those bitches on Clueless invented the post-it. That's canonical facts. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, you're right. So they're all famous. Real- yeah, I just had to fact check that. That's um, mm-hmm. a fact. Clueless, definitely. Yeah. Um, we're doing well already. So anyway, this is Lionsgate happens at the 15 degree mark of Leo, which means that it's a anything happening for you this day, or if you're calling things in on this day. Now everyone listening is hearing this a week later, but if you somehow psychically got a download that last week on Monday was the day to do something, that's a very powerful day to launch anything. So, or to think or to dream in from the heart space, anything. So also, if you have anything in your chart, if you're born on 8-8, that's awesome. Your son sits in a very like fame-sensitive point. So you're generally well-known in your community or on a global stage. And I am having my four-year anniversary to Los Angeles today because i moved on 88 so yeah. this is the big you know this big this this guy with his solar line moving through los angeles and his astro cartography is here on 88 came in through the lion's portal so you just wait we're gonna talk about all kinds of weird shit today folks <laughs> also <laughs> i just want to fact check myself it was actually romeo and Sh- michelle from romeo and michelle's high school reunion and not yes. Elise Stone in clueless who invented the post-it so i was even <laughs> wrong about that but we found, but we, but you got there and you fact checked yourself really it. quick. I was like, I was like, that's not right. I was like, it's Romeo and Michelle. It's Romeo and Michelle. Romeo and Michelle. Just watch the comments on this one. They're going to be like, no, it was another film. So. <laughs> and then you fact, but then once you give them this, they're going to be like, okay, Halo's on their shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. So I love, I love that we were like, okay, we're going to meet and have our combustion on Lionsgate 8 8. And the New Age community is going nuts doing all their little rituals. We're just here to talk about trans lines, right? Is that what's happening? And and yeah, uh, definitely. and it's going to segue beautifully into the queer and trans entertainment industry uh, climate of the moment. 
2022. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Love that. Do you want to tell us about your dream? I know that a part of big part of your practice is dreaming and and dream sharing. So yeah, so basically, like, so one thing to know about me is that I have complex post traumatic stress disorder, and what that means is that I have these really wild nightmares, and I've had them my whole life. I'm on prazosin to make them a little less intense, but I've just been kind of harnessing them. Like it's been at this point, I'm like in my mid thirties. I was like, look, if you can't beat them, join them. So I'm just like. <laughs> I'm just out here being like, that was weird. Let me write it down. So I'm writing this feature about dreams and dream sharing and being trapped in the dream world and shit. And so when I'm really focusing on my dreams, they get kind of prophetic and intense. So I had a dream the other day that I was with a friend of mine who's transmasculine. They're at the kind of beginning of a of their hormonal transitional journey. And they were next to a lion who was just like chilling. And I was like, this lion's name is Alex. And then like when I was awake with my friend telling them the dream, they were like, Alex is trans. I was like, yeah, this lion is trans and his name is Alex. And Alex's trans lion was protecting us. And as long as we stayed close to Alex, the trans lion, we were going to be just fine. So this person was with Alex and they were chilling, happy, playful, joyful. And then I like wandered off and, and like I felt and I felt it all the next day, these bite marks on my right shoulder. And it was like, you died. And I just like, everything went black and I was like eaten by a lion because I wandered too far from Alex, the friendly trans lion. Okay. And then I like rebooted because it was like Oregon show where they're like, you died, you know? And then I was like back. <laughs> this is so meta for like trans people's ex like lived experience. Honestly. <laughs> oh, it's wow. like kind of like an altered carbon, like get to the next screen scenario, you know? So I was like wow. back and we were in the forest, but now we have this other person with us, this, this girl that just felt untrustworthy and it was me and my trans friend and this girl. And we were like on this cliff looking down over into the forest. And there was another lion. But this lion didn't have a mane. And this girl was like, that's Alex. We're safe. And I was like, no, that's not Alex. That's a lioness. Alex is a dude, a dude lion. He has a mane. You're stupid. Why can't you see that this isn't Alex, you know? And then, and so we were all like, do we go down into the forest? Do we not go down into the forest? And then I woke up. So that was mm -hmm. my you're on your journey to find Alex the trans lion. Yeah. So we'll discuss a little bit here. <laughs> I I really, uh, I really, I just want to say some folks are, I think a lot of times in late capitalism, people are like, whatever, dreams. I think people are a little bit like, whatever that happens, whatever we do when we sleep is like weird, mysterious, and numinous, and we just don't have time. But I, I want to say, I want to take a stand and, and put my little hoof down in this podcast and be like, dream the dream space you know i got pisces in my chart so this is all about that's what it is the dream space to me is actually like one of perhaps the most underrated and like invaluable spaces to like mine creative inspiration from i will give a tiny moment and just say my dad who's an ultra rational aquarius he's like fully aquarius he is a scientist as well does not believe in woo woo anything but when I asked him, like, what about your biggest scientific breakthroughs? He's like the George Clooney of biochemistry. And he oh. really is. You can look him up, look him up, Martin Rex Center. But he anyway, he I when I asked him his biggest downloads, like, how did you solve? Because he would he would get stuck in experiments. And he literally said to me, oh, well, you know, I'd get struck stuck in experiments and then I'd you know, sit on it for three months and then I'd have a dream. And in the dream, I solved the experiment and I'd wake up and I'd try what I did in the dream and I'd solve it. And I and I and figured it out. He'd have massive breakthroughs, scientific breakthroughs in his dreams. This is coming from an ultra rational man who does not believe in woo woo. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just anyway. saying. I relate to that. I I'll have like um I'll work stuff out of my scripts in my dream. Like I'll wake up and I'll be like, 
oh, and then I like have fixed a plot thing. Wow. And actually, that's what they there's a Walter Mosley wrote a book called like um, this year you write your novel. And he talks about he said, if you follow this book, by the end of the year, you'll have a novel. It might not be good, but you'll have one. And like one thing he <laughs> talks, that. he's honest, that. he's honest. Yeah. But one thing he says is to write every day. And it's because mm. then you live in the dream of your novel and yes. your subconscious will start to solve things for you. Yes. So when I'm in a project, I try to do something around that project, even thinking about it every single day so I can get my dream centers working for me. And I and I want to say that like a big inspiration for me is Akira Kurosawa's film dreams mm. literally just a selection of like six or seven vignettes of different dreams that he so had beautiful. that's the entire film but one of his quotes is man is a genius when he is dreaming and that's yes. about a lot man yeah as a genius when he is dreaming when he is dreaming and i'm like mm. yeah that's what's up so oh, so good so, so yeah. yes this sent us on a little bit of a journey because we were like whoa it's 8-8 you're like hey you moved here on 8-8 and also trans lion came in and we're going to get to Scott Turner Schofield in a second. But before we do, I think we should actually talk a little bit about the, not necessarily Alex, but potentially Alex in a parallel universe in this realm, Mama Moriri, who is a trans lion that the, in real time, like real time, our, our collective humanity has di documented Mama Moriri. And you can look it up if you type in trans lion, correct? Yeah. And also there's like five of them. Like she's the most famous. Yeah. He, he, he them, them. I don't know. I kind of struggled because I was like, we am we anthropomorphize the living hell out of animals. We're just like, yeah. they're they're many versions of us, but they're furry. And then there's yeah. the whole that takes its extremes to the furry community. But regardless, we like project our humanness onto them. But yes, Mamma Moriri, let's talk about them. Yeah, so this lion is just like basically there's a bunch of lions. I think they're in Botswana, but I'm not yes, exactly Botswana, right Southern Africa. Yeah, and they say it's a genetic mutation. I'm like, was it though? Unclear, <laughs> but basically that this particular pride did not quote unquote have enough male lions, and so Bama Mariri was like, okay, bitch, and just like grew a mane, dropped their fucking voice, and just took over the pride and like fully battles. And because that when you have more males, quote unquote, in your pride, you can have a larger territory. Yep. It's like kept their pride safe. And there's like four other lions that did this. Yes. So we're talking like, you know, like I mean it's so weird because the articles are like, yeah, she's a lioness with a mane. Like she grew male characteristics. She acts like a man. And I'm like, that's how they used to talk about trans people. Or I mean still do. Listen know? to this article. This is an article from 2015 from a UK newspaper called Pink News. It says, quote, she has grown a mane to fool invading prides into thinking she is male, as well as developing a deeper and more masculine roar, unquote. Oh my God. The other fool. pride are like trans but, panic defense. But listen to this. I mean, 2015, 2015 is like pre, is basically Laverne Cox on the cover of Time. So this in yeah. dog, we're talking about uh, how trans people age in dog years. Like we were all, we didn't exist yet. So Laverne was just about to pop up through Orange is the New Black. So in 2015, they were doing the same trope of like trans people fooling cis people so they tr they literally projected this onto a oh, lion lion i know and it's like and they're She's like not fooling anybody her. that's what i'm saying that you see her pronouns the whole time for this lion i'm like uh -huh. i'm just not sure about this i feel like if the lion is acting like a male sounds like a male whatever the fuck all this means has a mane is it it's a trans it's a dude it's a dude right. lion it's, it's a dude, dude lion. lion i think i think the actual scientific phrase we should be using is dude lion yeah, you Dudas know, lioness. <laughs> Dudas lioness. Yeah, Dudas lioness. That actually should be it. I really, I think that's really encapsulative of what's yeah. happening. I, I really, uh, 
So Mamamariri was discovered back in 2012. They also say here in the same article, and now I'm really sus about the article, but they basically say like the phenomenon will pass down to the next generation, an evolutionary twist that will ensure future prides can survive at their most vulnerable if the alpha male is killed or dies. I love this as an allegory for pretend, potential like post-apocalyptic human realms where like yeah. men are men are dying and yeah. <laughs> trans men are <laughs> stepping up as like <laughs> the exalted form of masculinity well, which we that's are. what happens in why the yeah, totally but in why the last man that's literally the, the fucking storyline of that is that yes. the only dudes left are trans dudes you know yes, yes. i love fucking crazy but actually this kind of makes sense because i also sort of believe that that is the role of trans people in human society is that when the going gets tough trans people like are pretty tuned in and close to nature and know what the fuck's going on which is why we have moments of high vis- visibility during societal and ecological collapse yes literally through history this is true so i'm like yes. Once again, a moment of intense transvisibility, right? When we're going through all this climate grief and climate crisis, like we're like these fucking lions just yes. genetically passing on our transgender material to the proverbial children. Yes. So that every time there's not enough of something, the trans people are like, we got this, you know? Yeah. And I believe that I was in like a stoned conversation with Susan Stryker recently. And she said to me, she <laughs> You said, believe, you allegedly, I believe. I allegedly. You're allegedly stoned. Alleg- hey, look. I'm ready to be a politician. Like here I am, allegedly. <laughs> so allegedly I was in a conversation with Susan Stryker. And I think I believe she said trans people are like the death doulas of the collective. Like yeah. we are here to help process all of the like gunk and the the pain and the death and the like fear of of humans uh dying off, like or whatever, capitalism dying off, which is probably even scarier than the end of the world. So all of those things, like you just said. That makes sense. No, I mean, I did a death duel training. So I'm like thinking about that. And I was like, mm. that's kind of what it was like. I always, I do feel like a doula, like a just a doula of the world, like a yes. gender doula, a birth doula, a death doula, like whatever, like yes. a serial converting doula. Like I just feel like that's, you know, and someone's yes. like, I, you know, I'm like, sure. Like someone has herpes. I'm like, well, let's talk about it. Someone needs an abortion. Let's talk about it, you yes. know. Yes. So I did my birth doula training and my death doula training. I was thinking a lot about how this this work came to me so naturally. And I do think it's something about standing on a threshold. Yes. And I think that's what trans people do. We're, and queer people, like we're edge walkers. We have one foot in each world. Yes. And I think that makes us excellent people to sort of shepherd you across one portal or another, you know? I love it. I the word hauntological literally haunts me all the time. I'm I'm constantly thinking about the word hauntology, which is a portmanteau of the word to haunt or spectral or and ontology, right? Which is like how we categorize. It's insane. I'm um, obsessed. I've never heard this before in my life. Hauntology. Let me do it in the um, French accent. Hauntology which is it's from Derrida like it's French so it's it's actually a French portmanteau that we've now bastardized into English and call ontology but the the way that I can describe it for people potentially in an easier way because when people hear the word ontology they sort they short circuit so um but uh Silas Howard in Framing Agnes has this quote where he's talking he's literally talking about himself he's not talking about the character that he plays he basically says he's like well you know I'm not really a man like I'm I'm you know he's like I'm I'm an in, I'm a tweener. I'm in between. I'm a tweener. He keeps saying I'm a tweener. You know the way Silas Howard and Harry Dodge talk. Tweener, tweener, tweener. And <laughs> I love <laughs> I love it because I'm like we are in we are tweeners. And Harry Dodge has an even better quote in um not better but has another quote that adds on to that in um, by Hooker by Crook where he's like I'm a special. I'm a two for one. And it's the uh-huh. it's yeah. And it's the idea that like exactly to your point we 
have a flexibility and a, and a spectral quality, almost an, almost a surreal or unreal quality to us. Where when people see me in public, they're like, that's a dude. That's a handsome dude. That could be a handsome gay guy. I don't know. Um, but they're trying to project a solidity onto me. And I'm like, dude, I'm a fucking chameleon. Like, uh, and, and I don't get to, I don't get to, I don't get to eject myself out of that slipperiness. I exist. That's why I love the word hauntology. Cause I'm like, I'm also, I also haunt men. I haunt. Yeah. I think you're a man haunter. I am a man haunter. Yes. You're a man haunter. Oh, that's really good. Dude, lion, man haunter. Just a plug for the man show starring Marvel Rex. We haven't figured out what it is yet, but that's the pitch. The man show starring the man show. I love so, it. Quote yeah. the man show. Unquote. The man show. That's it. And it's, it's so just good. you haunting the fuck out of men and masculinity. Well, I thought maybe my entire oh. acting career could be me haunting like cis men. Yeah. Yeah. Playing yeah. their roles. I'm into it. Really, really. Yeah. I, 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 I did a post when I was doing my thesis film Pony. We were doing, we we're trying to like uplift other like various trans celebrities. And so we like shouted out um, Harry Dodge for Trans Tuesday. And Harry actually messaged me and was like, actually, I don't identify as trans. I identify as butch and queer. Yes. Like respect. Yes. And then he was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, I'm not a man. I'm just the strangest woman you ever did see. That's yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, mm -hmm. I was like, talk about slippage of just yes. being like this word that everyone's using. I predate that. Yes. And like the thing that I'm doing, I get to call it wherever the fuck I want. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, that's something that really gets me. And like the idea of a tweener, right? The idea of like all this random shit. You know, I used to call myself a gender hybrid. And then everyone's like, well, you should use non-binary now. And I was like, okay, but gender hybrid's <laughs> better. Like, you know, it's just, it's just funny because there were so many words for like all this in-between shit. And then non-binary became like the third box that you could check. It which did. again, I love having an X on my fucking real license yeah, yeah yeah you know it's like i love it but at the same time i'm just like let's not lose the slipperiness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh i'm i'm here for it i i identify first and foremost as like a gender terrorist and a gorilla ontologist i'm just yeah. like i'm here to like let's fuck shit up gender terrorist yeah. gender terrorist i love that uh kudos to luca fisher for giving me that one that's a really good one yeah. um so in in terms of things that are slippery and strange Let's talk a little bit. I want to hear more about the lion being stuffed and the analogy that Scott Turner Schofield talked about to keep on our lion train, our trans lion train. Yeah, totally. So shout out to Scott Turner Schofield for doing a really, really amazing workshop that I went to, which was basically like a trans competency 101 for Film Fatale. And I went and it was about trans narratives and trans storytelling. And he told the parable of the Lion of Grip's Home Castle, which is mm. this lion that was like brought to Denmark. I feel like I'm going to look it up and they're going to be like, it's not Denmark. And I'll be like, listen, I'm not out here trying to fact check myself, but just understand. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Denmark. Like, like in order to grant passage across these waters, these various boats had to like drop off gifts of splendor to this royal family. And they're like, here are some lions. And of course, in fucking like Denmark, they're just like, the fuck is this? So they stick it in a zoo. It fucking dies. This is like a few hundred years ago. And then they bring this dead ass lion to this taxidermist. And they're like, you got to stuff this lion. And this poor taxidermist has never seen a lion before. So like hasn't seen one move around. Doesn't understand how it works. Right. And it's going to fucking stuff this motherfucker. So it's it's the, the taxidermist is like, well, I guess I'll just go and look at these tapestries that have heraldic images of lions and just stuff it like the tapestry because it's not like back in the day they had you know cameras so right, right. he stuffs the lion 
this line looks fucking crazy. Can I just say, <laughs> if you're at home, just search the line of Rip's home castle. It looks insane. Okay. It looks like a heraldic image of a lion. Like to his credit, he did the job. But right. like its eyes are both facing forward. It has this long, this tongue that's like many inches long. It has like human looking teeth. It's like long and stretched and skinny. Like it ain't right. You know, yeah. and he was like, lion, I did it. See picture, see lion, you know? And Scott was like, that is what it's like when you're trans and you're watching a representation of transness on television that cis people have put together. And they're like, a trans, see, see this picture, see this trans, it is a trans. And we're just like, that's not what a fucking trans person looks like, sounds like, acts like, talks like, hangs out like. Like, this is just a deeply incorrect situation. But, yes. like, if you've never seen a lion before, if you've never seen a trans person before, you're like, sure. Yeah. So that was his this amazing. This is the botched version of, the yes. botched version. And so that was his amazing analogy. And I'm just like, I just can't stop thinking about the line of Grip's Home Castle. And I'll just look at trans shit on TV. And I'm like, that person fully made a show without ever talking to a trans person. Yes. What? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm constantly reading sides for acting where I'm like, this this person has no idea, no idea what's going on here. No, no. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild because there are so many of us who are so talented. Just give us money. We'll do it right. <laughs> this is constantly, That's it. This is constantly yeah. it. This is constantly it. We're going to do it. Yes. We need a we need a lot. We need an in-person podcast. I guess it's just a talk show for Marvel. We, we need the show. Someone needs to pay for my dream feature. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, give us money. But what I do love, what I do love, though, is that when you and I spoke, I think during your reading, I love your Aries energy because you said something to me that I'm I'm potentially holding on to, but I think potentially holding on to in a way that is delusional in the sense, but I'll say it this way. I'll say the caveat for delusional. My friend who is hey, in delusions. Are delusions. Yes, it. yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, Exactly. You've already beat me there. My friend yeah. who's also a Leo born around this time, who's in our, who's a trans person in the entertainment industry was like, y your delusion is your most sacred thing. Like keep your delusion because it's you true. need it. You need it as an artist. Um, it's true. You gotta so, be fucking delusional. You have to be delusional. It's really so, fucking important. <laughs> <laughs> so our delusion, the delusion that you like gave me with that Aries chutzpah that I just so deeply fucking appreciate is you said like two, three years, Marvel, mark my words, there will be some amazing trans television. I'm amazing. I see it. And I love this. I completely I'm just like I'm holding I'm I'm hold, I'm not like holding you to it specifically, but I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on it. Um I have two things to say about this. Yes, please. Well, first, I want to fact check myself and just tell you that it was Sweden, not Denmark. The line. Great. Oh, I love that you're like constantly behind yourself fact checking. I love. Well, this. I used to, okay. So my one of my my first adult job after college was a bit to be a fact checker at Art Forum for all their articles. So I had to right. like insanely research. So now I'm always like, <gasps> someone will fact check me, you know. So. I just want to quickly read this. The Lion of Gripsholm Castle is a notable example of bad taxidermy. In the Museum of Gripsholm Castle in Sweden, the lion is badly stuffed and has a comically deformed face. So there you go. In this is how I this is how I feel when I read. I just want to say really quick when I read sides for trans characters. First off, I often end up in casting where they're like, "You don't look trans." Don't even get me started with that. But then secondly, there I'll read things where it's like didactical. It's like they almost pulled it from like a dis like. A, a medical document on dysphoria like they're literally yeah. like just copying and pasting trans it's man people. is badly stuffed and has a comically deformed face the trans <laughs> man is badly, there we go yep yep 
Yep. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that Mamorimi, Mamo, Mamo, Riri, is not being stuffed at all. They're just doing their thing. They're just being a badass on the pride. Anyway, okay. So that was the first thing. Second thing is, I just I, I was really into RuPaul's Drag Race season thirteen. I was out there standing Gottmik, first trans man to be on Drag Race, yes. bless. Yes. But the bless. one that kind of you know I loved all of them, but the one that really spoke to me in a kind of strange way was Candy Muse. Mm. This bitch almost got kicked off ninth place. She gets it to second place. All right, like I'm sorry, I love you, Candy. You are not as talented as the other three in the top four. But this is what she said over and over again. I'm fucking delusional. I'm fucking delusional. That bitch deluded herself from ninth place, where she got literally kicked off the show and then RuPaul brought her back because he felt bad, to second place, okay? And, like, often they, you know how, how like, RuPaul's, like, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent? They yes. got, Because there were four t- top fours that year, they, they gave a letter to each one, like, some memes and shit, and, mm-hmm. and Candy Muse got nerve. And I'm like, this bitch with nerve, delusion, and duct tape got her shit into fucking top two. Yes. And I just, I, that to me was such an important lesson in being delusional. Delusion and duct tape. That's a, that's a damn phase phrase right there. I love that. We are held together by delusion and duct tape out here. That feels like my entire art into entertainment career. Delusion (laughs) and duct tape. (laughs) Yeah. Delusion and duct tape. And for me, Drucker, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) Exactly. Lions, tigers, and. That's it. <laughs> we are keeping with the Lions, theme. tigers, and duct tape. That's so, oh, that's so freaking cute. Oh my gosh. Now I'm just imagining. Okay, so this is what. <laughs> thing is, I can describe what I'm saying, and it can be wrong, and no one will know because you can't fact check it because it's a fucking podcast. Exactly. But it could just be like, you know, actually, Marvel, instead of a top surgery scar, just has a giant thing of duct tape and it he could... has to rip it off every night. Exactly. Know? I know. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then his stuffing comes out because he's badly stuffed. So he sticks back in and then put the duct tape back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're imagine you're an actual golem. Like you're like you're an animated, like there's another another Marvel like in the house. And the Marvel that I'm seeing right now is the golem of the original Marvel that no one has ever seen. You know, this would anyone who's familiar with my performance art practice would be like, that's probably not far off. You know, and yeah. as an Aquarius stellium, like the question of like multiple versions of me and multiple realities and multiple personalities is very high. That's a high percentage right there. So there's a Who man knows? behind the curtain, behind the curtain. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I love to throw people off. They're always like, what's reality? And I'm like, that's a good, good question. question. Come over to Marvel's podcast and we will discuss. I know. I've been thinking, I'm, I'm, I, I think that this is probably a safe space to talk about quantum mechanics, but I've been thinking a lot about the observer effect because of my guests. Observe something, it changes. Yes. yes. And then I've been thinking about that with my guests because when you and I talked on the phone earlier, and this happens to me literally without fault with all of my guests, when I talk to them on the phone for the pre-show chat, I'm like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. And I want it for the podcast. But then I immediately, my my Aquarius antenna is like, and the moment that it's recording, the guest is going to be different. You're actually actually quite, it feels quite I, similar with you. I was um, going to say, I like to believe that I, I'm fairly consistent. You, you know, are. Kind of insane in a way. So You are. A lot of my guests, though, do, I can, I see the observer effect happening profoundly. 
like in the moment. I'm like, okay, this person knows that they're being recorded. It's affecting it. And then it makes me think about film and television in general and the observer effect. Yeah, that's all true. But here's the thing for, for those of you savvy astrologers out there, Marvel and I are both cancer rising, which means we're both psychic mirrors. So what happens when two psychic mirrors get together? It's a portal to infinity. No one is being observed. There's only reflections. Oh my god, and we're meeting on 8-8, eight, eight, which is the infinity cycle. So is, yes. And it's like you're also a mirror. It's like an 8 and an 8, right? Eight and an eight. Like power, power, what do you call that? Pang, Pellerilogram? No, that's not right. I don't know what the word is. I was reflecting on our friendship. This is like literally just, this is people now list, voyeuristically listening in on our private conversation. But <laughs> I was reflecting on our friendship and I was like, it's so refreshing to have to be friends with another Cancer Rising. Like it's so, oh. because we are literally psychic mirrors for everybody and people don't get it. They just don't get it unless they're another Cancer Rising. And then they're like, I totally get it, dude. <laughs> totally insane. My ex is also a Cancer rising that relationship was insane yeah i mean if you're two cancer risings out there in a relationship god bless you uh i'm really sorry i'm never doing that again so i've never done it (laughs) stay out there stay out there like keep you know reflecting each other just have other friends and stuff it's important yes yes. (laughs) so good but you said this but you said this but you said this but you said add add infinitum add infinitum truly So we're going to segue here a little bit because I'm curious. I want the audience to know a little bit more about you. Obviously, at this point, I think they've understood that you were not born in the United States. <laughs> well, yeah, either that or, yeah. Or, hey, like, who knows? Maybe you're like, this is, you know, Maybe this is I'm how I talk. Maybe I'm going to like a weird, fucked up, partially Australian accent for this whole thing. Imagine if my accent just changed right now. Oh, you're so good. Oh, I would love it. Um, it would be uncanny. And I like the uncanny. So t- I want to I want to focus on you a little bit. I'm just like, OK, let's start from the place of origin. I know that yeah. you've got Pluto in the fourth, so we can talk about that. But yeah, dark. I was born in Perth, Australia, which is a weird town. So I'm always trying to explain to people like what is Americans, what Australia like is in America. And I saw a map recently in Australia in Perth, Western Australia was just Texas. And I tell people that I'm like Western Australia, my where which has only a little over two million people living in it, is three times the size of Texas. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So it's like Perth and then desert. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And then other towns. Somebody yeah. in Perth is gonna be like, mm, you know, I feel like people in Australia are gonna be like, what about Broome and Fremantle and Denmark? You you yeah, I'm like, listen. <laughs> There's nothing happening. <laughs> There's like 3 million people maybe in the whole state and it's three times the t- size of Texas. So it is literally the most isolated capital city in the world. It's wow. suffering the tyranny of distance. It, it is a less amount of time to fly to Indonesia than it is to fly to the east coast of Australia because Australia is the same width as the United States. But it has wow. like not that many people in it. It's like 25 million people now, I think, maybe more. Which is I didn't same. know that it was the same width as the U.S. You were just giving me some geographical tea right what now. I'm saying. And so, but it has 25 million people in it, which is about the same as the number of people in Shanghai, for example. Alone. Whoa. Jeez. So it's just empty as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then also my, you know, my dad was born in Italy. He came over on a boat during the great sort of emigration of Italians. My mom was born in Australia, but her mom was born in New Zealand to a Lebanese and English parent. And they, they had had to elope and run away together because their marriage wasn't sanctioned. So I'm basically, and then her dad was Italian. She was like a love child. So I'm basically just like born of immigrants that was in Australia for exactly one generation, you know, wow. and then I was like, psychically, I was like, it's time to go. Yeah. And my mother's a screenwriter. So that's a big thing is that I a little bit have followed in her footsteps. And I didn't mean to, actually. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people think that this gave me a leg up in the industry. It wasn't really like that. It was more just that that was what she was doing. So 
I, as a kid, she'd take us to see weird movies or she'd break her scripts on us because she literally write, used to write kids' television. So she'd be like, is this funny? And me and my sister would be like, no. No, I'm just... <laughs> she wrote great. She wanted the show she wrote for. She wrote a couple episodes of Round the Twist, which if you don't know what it is, because you probably don't, because you didn't mm-hmm. grow up in Australia in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Fucking good, weird shit. Round the this Twist, okay. Family that kind of lives in and near this lighthouse and the kids have these wild adventures where they like mutate and just go time travel and just do all this wild shit. And so my mom used to write for that. So Ooh. it just gave me a sense of what is possible. So even though mm-hmm. it was terrifying, there was a lot of messaging growing up as a girl child, even though I'm trans masculine now, of like women not being able to do X, Y, Z. I was like, fuck it. I also yeah. like wanted to be an astronaut too. And then when that dream was kind of shot out of the sky, <laughs> I didn't pursue it very long. I was nine. And then my dad was like, remember Challenger? And I was like, yeah, I guess I shouldn't go and get exploded in space. Icarus. Yeah, Icarus. I'll- I'll mm-hmm. be an artist instead. Exactly. Like, Similar. It's yeah, it's an not, really not, sh- close. Yeah. Not so different. <laughs> I just want to go to space once. Does anyone not want to go to space once? Like, don't uh, you want to see this? No. no oh, no. I want to go to space. Oh, 100%. What I'm saying, don't you want to see this gorgeous big blue orb that is our planet and like try to save it more? My thing, because I'm just like, you know, there's parts of me that are like good old boy next door. The part, par- the only thing that I feel really attached to is I just want to float in zero gravity, which I know you can actually do on, you can actually do that here on this yeah. earth. But there's I would like to be in plane. space. Yeah, yeah, there's a plane that will take you right to the edge of the atmosphere and then kind of do some moves and you sort of float around in there. I want to just float in zero gravity and I want to eat space food. It's yeah, very you're, basic. You're giving like astronaut actually. Now that I'm looking at you and you're kind of <laughs> covered in equipment and shirtless and you're in a space station right now <laughs> and your duct tape is really silver, you know, yeah, you're giving yeah. like spaceman, like starman. Yes. Ah, oh, starman. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wild. Yes. Yeah. This artist, Tom Sachs, he he did this whole installation in 2012 where he just like built all this spaceship and he went to the the armory in New York and there was like fully like a trip to Mars and all the astronauts were women and everything was made out of wood and they sort of came down and like people would radio and they'd like do moonwalks like kind of yes. Mars walks and then go back in the spaceship and like someone kept delivering McDonald's it was really strange but I was also like this kind of makes a deep sort of sense yeah and you could go inside these things and there was records playing. And, and I was like, yeah, space, like space so is the good. place. So good. I and I feel like space factors into your current scripts, at least floating what we're talking yeah, about. It's something. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is. I was actually having a general today with this amazing woman. And, and she was actually saying that she's the first person I've had like 30 generals on this fucking script. And she's the first person that's like, but that could actually happen. And I was like, excuse me. Cause everyone else is like, Oh, so basically I've written a script that's sort of about, and I can't say a whole lot about it, but what I can say is that like it's it, instead of the AIDS pandemic, it's a gravity loss pandemic in an alternate 1980s New York City. So good. Yeah. So good. And so all these trans people, Korean trans people are going to like the, you know, a, a fake version of the limelight and shit are just like floating around being like, what do we do? And I was saying to this lady, I was like, <laughs> I think about gravity all the time. Mm. I just like lie on the ground. The world is spinning. And I'm just like, the world must be moving so fast to keep us stuck here. If that shit stops, we're fucked. The first, this is the first time ever in my life. She was like, well, actually I have a background in science. And I think about that. I'm like, if the world slowed just 5%, let's say something big hits it and it slows like 5%, we all start floating. Like, cause we can't, the gravity changes. Like we're fucked. 
This you is know? it could so, actually happen. It's so uncanny because although I do not have a science background, but potentially I have scientific uh, epigenetic trauma because both my parents are a severe biochemists. Um, it's just in my it's in my DNA that I think about science. But I <laughs> oddly enough, I record myself out loud. This is going to be no shock to anyone who knows me. I record myself out loud incessantly walking around, so people think I'm like talking on the phone and I'm just recording just on your own one person podcast. Yeah, I'm, and I really well, I'm my best friend, so I love to talk to myself, and so I'm like kind of having just like multiple. It's very Aquarian. I'm like, like I'm having kind of Marvel. This is what's up today. This is what we're doing, Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, it is like slightly dissociative, but also in a very friendly way. It's like, oh, we're having a great time. We're talking about things. And <laughs> and so dissociator. I love it. <laughs> yes, right. It's just like, yeah, I've incorporated an integrated dissociation. So but funny funnily enough, this is what's so uncanny, and then I'm gonna I want to hear more about what you want to say. I often return to certain tropes in my self-talks. And one of them is as I'm walking around, I think about how humans like our egos and personalities are just like works we accept things as really solid we're like this will this is and the first thing one of the first examples that people use is, is like gravity whoa gravity like things are really there are rules in this physics newtonian physics that's it the fundamental laws of physics right exactly so people constantly when they're like well things are just the way they are like if i drop this piece of pizza it's gonna hit the ground and i'm always right. and i walk around in my self-talks and almost oh every couple months the the topic of gravity comes up in my self-talks because I always think that's a theorem. It's a theorem. It's a theory. There yes. could be one day where you hold the piece of pizza and it doesn't it doesn't hit the right. ground. No, or it doesn't hit the ground at the same speed. Exactly. And I just want to shout out two things related to this. Uh, one, I watched an interview with Grimes where she talked about the render rate of the universe because she mm. kind of believes that we live in a simulation. And she was like, if the speed of light changes then we will know that the rendering speed of this giant server that has us inside of it has been upgraded and we will know that we're living in a simulation. So stay tuned to the speed of light, folks. That's how we'll know that we're living in a fucking simulation. Isn't that bad shit? I'm loving this podcast episode because Grimes is in it now. Here Grimes we go. Grimes is in it. But she's haunting. Yeah, speaking of hauntology. Continue. Yeah, honestly, she's haunting the fuck out of space rubble, actually, <laughs> if you think about it. Totally. <laughs> Talk about strange bedfellows. Anyway, yes. so but the other thing is, there's a brilliant book called "The Three Body Problem" by Liu Shin. It's a trilogy. He's China's most famous science fiction writer. Mm. It's hard science fiction. But what happens is, in the beginning, a bunch of physicists start committing suicide, and everyone's like, mm. "What's going on? Whoa. Why are these physicists killing themselves?" And what you slowly start to learn is that these these sort of phenomena are happening on Earth. And it is proving that the fundamental laws of physics are not fundamental because the fundamental laws of physics are changing. Yes. And so these physicists, they are just so terrified of that because they banked their entire life on those things being real that they yes. actually kill themselves. Yes. And like I was chatting in this general to this woman about this and she was like, terrifying. It's terrifying. And I was like, oh, if you really believe in science, like you really like science is your modality. Yeah. The idea of the fundamental laws of physics being different, like yes. is hair it's like the gospel it's like god not being real or something like yes terrifying. yeah my it's very you're you're talking directly to my life because both of my parents i tell people like my parents were not really religious but they served the religion of science like science right. was their religion and right. they actually had had enough consciousness to say to me like there was so much drama there is so much drama in the science world because people literally predicate their entire identity and life around whatever thing they're trying to prove which really gets in the way of actual quote unquote like 
clear scientific fact right, because they want they something have, to be real so bad. Yeah, they have confirmation bias. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. My That's dad got into lots of fights with Watson and Crick, who discovered the DNA helix. Oh, yeah. My dad's that old. Um, George Clooney about chemistry. Not a fan. He's not a fan of Watson and Crick. Isn't there uh, a third one? Isn't there three? There is three. And he would know the name. Yeah. And he didn't get credited. So we don't know who that is. So. Mm -hmm. This happens often. Mm -hmm. This wow. happens in sciences. I thought the entertainment industry was like, like catty and crazy and like really jealous. And I was like, the science community is bananas like way worse yeah way they're worse. all bad they're all bad bananas they're always yeah. trying to sabotage each other and they're and they're trying to my dad would tell me the amount of times that people tried to steal his experiments he <laughs> never did that but he was like people would literally try to try to publish the experiment first like spies oh it's so science it's spies it's beyond. okay so if you're out there and you're rich, give us money. We're going to make a show called Science Spies. And, okay. the man, and the man show, yes. Yeah, and the man show starring Marvel and his dad. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. he would love that. He would oh. love that. So I'm actually, in fact, it's going to be starring Marvel as his dad when he was young. Perfect. I'm and already doing called, this. Yeah, and it's called Science Spies. So, yes. you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see how many shows we can pitch and see if we can get some money by the end of this episode. <laughs> exactly. That's just a telethon. <laughs> Call now. 1 888 give money. Give coin. 1 888 trans lion. Trans lion. <laughs> <laughs> 8822. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, what are you like? What keep telling us what is going on in the oh, world yeah. of Halo? Telling you my life story, and then we got sidetracked by the fundamental laws of physics. I yeah. <laughs> okay, long story short, I was a fencer. I ended up fencing for Australia. I wanted to keep fencing. I also wanted to escape Australia. I got into Yale. I fenced for Yale for a year. Then I became an art major, and my parents were as one does. And as a fencer does. Yeah, as a fencer does. Then I moved to New York City. Yeah, I took a basic basic drawing class to change my life. I love drawing. Me too. Me too. Draw this is basic so drawing. weird. Yeah, I took an intro. Drawing. I took an intro to drawing class and I did my first self-portrait, um, a blind line drawing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Blind line drawing. I did a blind line drawing and I was like, all right, I'm done being a political science and cr and critical race, gender, and sexuality studies major. Yeah, I was a psychology and cognitive science. I was doing psychology, cognitive science, I was studying Chinese. And then I was like, actually, I'm just going to take art classes and like Same. French and go to Paris and look at fucking paintings by and my parents Same. were like, you need to be abroad again, like abroad abroad. I was <laughs> you're, like, you're multiple degrees abroad. Yes, I know. And then when we would go on trips in Paris, we were I was abroad abroad abroad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about you being like you said one generation. It wasn't it wasn't even one full generation. It wasn't in even. My dad was born in Italy. So they got there. And my nono had like made this whole life. And then I left and he was like, how can you leave your country and go somewhere else? And then my stepmother would be like, you literally did that, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like Halo's following in your footsteps here. Like you inspired your grandchild. Exactly. I was like the epigenetics of dislocation. That's deep. I it feels very so. Jewish to me, actually. It's very yeah. intense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I almost wanted to be, well, I did want to be Jewish. I almost converted to Judaism, but I got knocked back once and gave up, which I guess is why they knock you back three times. Yeah. You'll keep coming back to the door, maybe. We'll see. We'll, see. we'll see what happens. And LA is very open. It's yeah. open. And then I took hand in a Sufi Durga. So technically I've converted to Islam. So I don't know if at this point, if I think the Jewish people be like, oh, we're lost. Okay. I see how it is. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I actually think that the Jewish people are probably in general, we're like, oh, we're lost. Okay, but at least you're home. Your home yeah, is itinerant, home. but it's Welcome here. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, so. yes. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I moved to New York City. I, I worked at Art Forum magazine and Eflux for seven years. I got my visa from there. Uh, cool. from Knight Landisman, who ended up being so at the beginning of my time at Art Forum, Knight Landisman, one of the publishers, basically single handedly helped me to get a visa to stay in the States. Wow, so great. kudos, grateful kudos. to them, grateful kudos. to them. Yeah. And then by the end of my time at Art Forum, he was uh, me too in the New York Times for sexual harassment, and over 100 <laughs> women came forward. Oh, in fact, that's a Pluto, question. that's a Pluto transit if I've ever heard one. That's so <laughs> intense. Okay, wow. and I was like. My dude, you know, that's the thing is that he would in some ways practice these honest, real feminist labor practices. And on the other hand, he's like touching people's butts and shit. And I'm just yeah, like, this happens a lot. This is really it really is like it can happen simultaneously. Kind of woke it's so intense. Yeah. Something. Woke misogyny. Yeah. Woke, woke predatory. Yeah. Predat very strange. You know, yeah. so I, I whatever. I mean, I'm just I'm not I try to let go of all resentments because I think it's poison. So I, I just try to I'm just sort of feel neutral about the whole thing. You know, mm -hmm. I'm grateful mm -hmm. to him. And also, like, he is that person that was right. in the New York Times. So when that happened, I was like, time to go. And I I'd sort of knew I always wanted to be a filmmaker mm. um, and make work. But I also, like, really believe in interdisciplinariness. And and Andre Tarkovsky talks about the fact that the best directors are ones that have failed at every other medium. <laughs> and he didn't start. Tarkovsky. Yeah, I love, Tar I love Tarkovsky. Anyway, continue. I love him, too. Mm. So he didn't start making films till he was 30. He went to film school when he was 30. So I was like, great, I'm going to go to New York, make a bunch of weird art shit. This, I decided this like early on. And then when I'm 30, I'll go to film school. So oh, I, did. I love you being an Aries. You're like, all right, okay, boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah, I'll boom, get there. Boom, boom. I'll get there. It's going to happen. I'll get there. Yeah. My success is inevitable. It's just marathon, not a sprint. So here we are. Still marathoning. Oh, yeah. 13 Same. years later. Anyway. Hey, so then I was like, okay, film world. So I and I needed a fully funded fellowship because I'm foreign, so I don't qualify for loans or aid. I've just been on work visas at this point. So I got into Temple University in Philly, which basically they gave me a full funding stipend and health insurance for three years. I was like, okay, motherfuckers. Hell yeah. I went to Philadelphia. You worked for it. Yeah. Yeah, I worked for it. Had a wild, weird time. We were talking about astrocartography earlier and I think it's like my Mercury line runs through Philadelphia. I saw it in New York too. Yeah, you know, so I, I worked on some karmic shit, let's say, in Philadelphia. This sort of fun, weird, dark city of brotherly love, you know. Arty. It's grimy. The word, it's speaking grimy. of grimes, the word the word I think of when I'm in Philly is I'm like, it's grimy, it's but I grimy. like it. I like, it, I like it, it and it's grimy. Hot. Someone described it to me as a Scorpio city. Oh my gosh. Just, that really, really, I was like, yeah. yes. I also it was dating is. Scorpio and living with a Scorpio and I was like, Scorpios. But there's mm. just something about the whole city. It's deep, it's dark, it's got this grittiness to it. It's kind mm -hmm. of resentful, but also weirdly loyal in a yes. weird way. People show up in these wild ways for each other. So yes. it was intense and then it kind of spat me out. Um, oh yeah, while I was at Temple, I, my, I was doing the Tribeca Film Institute Sloan Foundation Student Discovery Award um, with with uh this other wild sci-fi thing i was writing about new york city being partially submerged and like queer and trans water protectors and all this shit it's called oh, well give us money so, for well so good one yeah, eight, eight, eight trans lion one eight, eight trans lion. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was doing that and my mentor was like oh you should apply to the circle of confusion thing and i looked up circle of confusion they're a production and management company that literally started with lawrence mattis who's not my manager he was in a basement in queens and he gets this script from the wachowskis in 1992 about class cannibalism or something and he was like what the fuck and just kept working with them until they sold the matrix and then has represented them ever since 
and has supported them through their transitions and like protecting them from the press and like helping people to understand and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, this is the trans sci-fi place. They also did the walking dead. So I was like, if they're going to, if anyone's going to get my work, it's these guys. Yes. And I had started writing float in like 2012. I was like literally in this loft in long Island city where I lived. That was like 8,000 square feet with this like Serbian refugee who was 46. Yes, and like, I read this. I read know, this in your chapter. Yes. Yeah, yes. this wild shit. And I was just wandering around this loft full of junk listening to Grace Jones and whatever. And I would stand on the roof and look at the, you know, from Queens, from Long Island City, you can see the whole of Man- Manhattan, like the mm. entire one lit mm. up. And it was really strange because around that time was Hurricane Sandy and half the grid went out below 40, 24th Street. So Whoa. when I would go and look, half of it would be lit up and half of it would be stone cold dark. Wow. Really strange. Wow. Really strange. Yeah. I'll never unsee that. But it's also interesting because you said that what you were writing was half submerged. Is that part of, was that the inspiration? Oh yeah. That was another, well, that's, it, it was actually like much later. So I wrote well much later, but, but the thing is when you've just seen a wall of water come at your face, like when I was in the loft, like we were getting, I was in Queens, which was more protected, but we were getting banged around. And I would just see these walls of water from the hurricane just slamming on the glass windows. Wow. And then like half the city went out. And like, you know, like John Stewart's like doing the fucking daily show and he does, he can't even shower in his own apartment. There's no electricity. I had friends who didn't have electricity for a week or like just long periods of time. Like wow. where I ended up moving on 24th street, they literally ran a cable from their neighbors and on 25th street or something to, to like get electricity. electricity. Like yes. just, it's a wild time. People were walking home to Brooklyn with flashlights and shit. Like wow. once you've seen apocalypse, that. Apocalypse, trans Yeah, once you've lived through that and you also understand that New York City is at zero water level yes like there's there's no storm wall there's nothing like i'm just like this thing is going under so that's where that was where the inspiration from well came from was just thinking about climate collapse i think i think i'm very i write a lot of eco solar punk climate collapse future positivity weird shit so anyway i was i had started writing float because i was like sitting in new york city i was 24 and i was like where are the queer elders at i need to like get out of this closet and i realized the people that should have brought me and probably even marvel age-wise into mm-hmm. the queer community a lot of them were dead from aids yeah like yeah. we didn't have those those mentors to like usher us in and now i look at the gen zers who had us yeah they have us totally. like much more connected but we for us it was this kind of vacuum yeah. So I was looking over the yeah. skyline. And I just imagined these people floating up into the sky. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the idea to, for float came to me. And wow. so I, I started writing it. But I was like 24. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just sat on it. And I said to the universe, I will be back. And so it was like the summer. It was pandemic 2020. And I was thinking about pandemic. And I wanted to graduate with a TV pilot. And I was like, oh, float, AIDS crisis, pandemic, people floating. And so I had written that and I submitted it to Circle of Confusion and I fucking got this fellowship that over 2,400 people applied to. Seven yes, you did. And weirdly, like each there's, let's say that there's 24 readers at Circle and each read about 100. Lawrence had about 100 scripts to read. He read, he read them in chunks of 10. The first script on the first pile was my script. Mm, Aries, first, first. Boom, boom, boom. I love. It. That's it. He was like, this kid belongs at, at Circle. And so... I was mentored by him for six months personally. And then he asked me my manager and I have a manager team there. And that's why I moved to LA after Philly. And here we are in the present. Work. I'm also tripping because I'm doing a, when you said 1992, which was the moment that he picked up the script for Matrix. Yeah. I'm I'm now, because I'm a 
huge astrology nerd. I was born in 1992. So that was when Saturn ingressed into Aquarius, right? So the matrix being picked up is having its Saturn return, correct? Oh. Um, the most recent sad the most recent matrix movie just came out, which would have been the four like fourth installment, correct? Yeah. There are seven, there are four there are four Saturn cycles of seven in a Saturn return. Seven, 14, 21, 28, right? Oh. So not that every not that the movies came out seven years apart, but that there is this sort of there's some really powerful wow. like Saturn and Aquarius magic happening here right now. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, you got picked up by them during their Saturn return, which would be a new 28-year cycle. So I'm very, very excited to see what you come Yay. up with in the next 28 years. I would years. love to be like the next Wachowski, just putting it out there. You love know. It. Yes. Maybe so, that was too brazen of me. Maybe everyone's no, like, I love that. Aries. Oh, come on. You're with you're with another Aries on the go yeah, for it. Go for it. I support. It's fine. It's Lions Portal too. Let's put it out there. Yeah, let's put it out there. I'd like to be the next Wachowski. 28 years you've got another it's, you got four movies every seven years <laughs> I, I should send this podcast to lily she'll be like get the fuck out of here next wachowski what is this shit <laughs> or she might be like yeah <laughs> i feel like she'll be like you be the rossetti rossetti the next rossetti, rossetti. <laughs> yes. yes she supports us though she supports all this science fiction weirdness yeah that's it so in in our final moment on the pod i this is a perfect segue because we're kind of we're getting there yeah what do, I this is my final like giant swath of a question, broad swath, broad stroke. What do you think about the future of humanity slash the future of queerness? Oh my God! Thank you for asking. It's so big. So I will pose this question that I pose to everyone: Have you ever seen in media a positive depiction of the future? Mm, mic drop. Crickets. Have you seen a positive depiction of the future in media whatsoever? Yes. Have you? Mic have drop. I? I, I mean, haven't. No. I haven't. This brings up a point for me that I want to bring. I just want to say really quickly and then I'm going to let you go. Mark Fisher, who's one of my favorite. Uh, he's uh, unfortunately, it's all posthumous now. He's been passed for a minute. Mm. But Mark Fisher is a, uh, he was a professor at Goldsmiths, an economics professor, an economic theorist. He's like, I'm not a money's guy. He's like, I'm not a numbers guy. He's a theorist around economics, specifically capitalism. And he he in one of his um recent books which i think is called capitalist realism by mark fisher he has the quote where he's like it's easier for us to imagine the end of the world than it is for us to imagine the end of capitalism yeah and so i'm just bringing that in as another yeah. part of it where it's like i think that maybe humans are obsessed with the idea of of ending it because capitalism is so oppressive that we well, actually I, think about the end of the world before we even think about what's what's the end of capital that would lead to utopias, really. Right, because the thing is we're inside of capitalism and it's like Ursula Le Guin says, like, you know, we think that there's, that capitalism is so, like, hard to get rid of, but so is the divine right of kings, right? Mm, exactly. That was a completely inviolable thing. Feudalism. Now, like, kings, whatever. Yeah, we're know? like, feudalism, what? Although, you know, feudalism I mean, all the, different mm, forms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So basically what I'm trying to do is create positive depictions of the future. That's what I'm trying to do with my work. And so I think the future of humanity is, and whatever, I could go on a whole portal about this, but I think we're going to go through a period of major economic and societal and ecological collapse for the next 300 years. Mm. And I think we're going to start lifting ourselves up out of it and it will be slow and painful, but it will look like something different and new. And I'm excited for that time. This is incredible. I love that. Um, may I ask just out of like, this is a very Virgoan question from the Virgos and Capricorns that are listening that are like, why 300? 
Why three hundred? Oh my god. Okay. You're so- like, do I go there? Do I go there? <laughs> I mean, I have dates too that people are like, what do you mean 2027? And I'm like, that's an important date. But anyway, go ahead. Uh for me it's 2025. Oh mm, okay. ooh, I'm like Vedic. I think it's Vedic astrology. Is it Vedic? I don't know. Anyway, um there the world is like time is broken up into these different yugas, these yes. time periods. And we're in yes. the Kali Yuga right now, yes. which ends in like 2025. Yes. So they're 3,000 years long. But what happens is after about 2700 years, when the Yuga starts to switch over, there's usually a period of intense ecological collapse for 300 years. Yeah. That's and Hindu. It's Hinduism, by the way. Hinduism. Yeah. 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 Hey, thank you for fact check. Fact checking yeah. is important. If you get the, one takeaway from this podcast, the Kali Yuga in Hinduism is the fourth and worst of the four yugas, world ages in a yuga cycle. There you go. So it is the worst, right? And it is literally Kali well, Yuga means strife, discord, quarrel, contention, and is associated with the demon Kali. Yeah, Kali. Yeah, who yeah. I I feel very closely aligned with. Actually, totally. I just think it takes a Kali to like end the Kali Yuga. I you hear know? you. Yes, the only way out is that blood and spit it out. Anyway, yeah. um, and they, if you think about like all the different yugas, like as an animal on four legs, and that it loses a leg each time, we're like standing on one leg, and we're very mm. depraved that we ever are. It feels and that then, way. yeah, and then also the only medicine that gets us through the main medicine of this time is mantra, which is basically singing. So mm. like singing is like the medicine that will heal this time. Mm. So after this will be the Dwapara Yuga and we'll be kind of on the up and up for like a long time, but we have to go through this time of ecological yeah. collapse, which actually calms me. Cause I'm like, that is so deeply and vastly outside of my control. And I know that I was born at the exact right time for whatever I'm here to do. I agree. So like, I just kind of carry that climate grief and I'm like, I will do what I can. But what we have to do is we have to put stories in the bank. Yes. as like almost like dna codes or blueprints yes. for what to do next what's yes do everything's collapsed future reflections future yes. reflections so that's what i'm here to do that's what i believe is the future of humanity yes it's like in foundation if anyone's seen that where where harry seldon's like shit's collapsing i'm just gonna build this massive library and you'll thank me later yes. like that's a little bit how i feel i'm like shit's collapsing here are some positive things to hold on to here's way different ways society could be i literally studied permaculture design i know what the fuck i'm talking about yes here's how you can build a regenerative culture knock yourselves out gonna yes. shuffle off the mortal coil now bye yep. all right this is very similar it's bringing me a lot of starhawk vibes for those in the yeah, pacific northwest and that's yeah. and to quote starhawk that is actually where i got that question from when was the last time you saw a positive depiction of the future that's a starhawk question and the fifth sacred thing is actually one of them. So if you haven't read the fifth sacred thing, it's a it's, gorgeous novel. Yeah, the fifth sacred thing is one of my favorite books of all time, literally all time. And I've actually had two separate romantic partners, including Miss Drucker, read it out loud to me. So I actually, when I hear that, when I when I hear her talk, sometimes I hear her, I hear the fifth sacred thing. It's so beautiful. Wow. Oh, it's like I created a sound talisman. Like both that book has been read by two of the greatest loves of my life. Okay, I'm <laughs> literally gonna ask ask people to read me that book now because I want that I want that sound (laughs) I have it and then and you're right like actually the when I think of like positive the only quote unquote like the closest positive rendering of the future that I've ever read is Califia is Star Hawk's version of the Bay Area the San Francisco area Bay Area Yeah. yeah Because she's also a permaculture designer, and so she knows how to build it from the ground up, and she uses it as a blueprint to get her information across. And that's what I want to do, but in fucking television. Yes. And to me, television, I, I say this in a lot of the applications I apply for, 
television, film are all ruled by Neptune. I don't actually bring the astrology into applications because you never know who your audience is. But uh, Neptune rules, uh, right? Or you, or you get the one astrologer, astrologer. like, bitch, let's give yeah. this one some money. Yeah, exactly. Neptune rules film and television because it's illusion, right? And and when you think about like literally sound and light particles hitting people's eyes from the streaming services, they're literally be, being put under a spell. When people watch TV, they're being put under a spell. Yeah, it's fully hypnotic. So it's actually, hypnotic. And it's then Neptune rules dreams, doesn't it? need the dreams guy yeah, yeah it's giving big dream energy it's very yeah. big dream energy and a lot of us have like strong neptunes in our chart who are artists who are filmmakers right. or we're piscians or we're ruled by neptune yeah right um your north node being in pisces big time yeah. neptune big, big time dreams. neptune yeah. yes and so you know when this work that you and i are both doing and i think actors in some ways are are just sort of these vessel dream vessels like we are literally vessels to like we're witch doctors trying to make the dream happen so that we can cast spells into the future that's how i at least view it it's like it's casting uh, spells yeah yeah i see it as spell casting and also starhawk talks about unspelling capitalism like thinking of capitalism as a spell that you can yes. that you yes. can break and the way she said to do it or this vision that came to her was like she had this vision that we were too late in this time, but witches can step outside of time and do work. And I'm like, that's how I feel is that I need to step outside of time and do some interventions so mm. that we can affect the timeline that we're in now. It's almost like dimension jumping in the OA or something like that. Oh, it's so good. Like yes. we need time magic. Yes. And we also need to abolish time. And those things make sense together. No further questions. Yes. <laughs> Linear time feels very tied into capitalism, into late capitalism. Yeah, I mean, it's so. industrial time was invented because of trains. Like, this is just literally true. So let's abolish time and step outside of time and destroy capitalism and make a brand new world. Watch yes. this space. Give us yes. money. One triple eight trans lion. <laughs> One triple eight trans lion. You know where to call us. You know where we are. Well, yeah. Halo, that's it. We did it. This was amazing. Do you have... I? I'm so, I'm just like beaming. You can see me shirtless beaming over here. Happy trans lion. Covered in duct tape and a spaceship. Happy, happy dude lion. I'm a dude lion. Yeah, he's um, giving happy dude lion energy. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. Um, is this is, the part where I plug things? Yes. Anything you want to share with the audience, how they can reach you. Yeah. I will also put things in the show notes so that people can yes. click on things. But anything you want to share with the audience? Yes. So, I mean, best way is to visit me on my website, halorosetti.com or on my Instagram at halo.rosetti. Also, um, this book chapter that we've been referencing is about mm -hmm. kind of my journey through the art world and the film world and my gender expansion and how like the sort of forced binary delayed a lot of my creative expression, but also kind of pushed me to make new and more vital work. And I think a lot about visually representing the intricacies of queer and trans life, given the hoops that we have to jump through to get yes. your money so yes. that's in a book called expanding the parameters of feminist artivism and it's looking at like women and third gender folks and like how to how they've sort of tried to push their way through the art world and the film world but have been limited because of misogyny and whatever else patriarchy yeah. so that comes out next month Woo! how grave mcmillan go get a copy and i'm also just doing a lot of writing just pray for me to get stuffed in a writer's room soon that's what i have to say my short film pony is currently doing the festival circuit you can see it at ponythefilm.com or you can write to me please program it it's yes. my best film it's been in three festivals so far i was in translation seattle trans film festival and the san francisco frozen film festival and let's flix l fest and it will be on video on demand there um, but we would love to keep it going. So if you want to program a really cute 
late 90s coming of age film about a set of trans twins uh let me know yes i will link all of these in the show notes they will be so deeply in the show notes so people can click on them and find out more anything else yeah i want to collaborate with marvel but we need some money so if you could send us some money for the marvel and halo show yes one triple eight trans lion yes We'll hook that up for you. So. I think people don't even know yet how bananas and bonkers our shows would be if it was like you, me, Jonathan, Andre Culleton, and a few more people in a writer's room. It would Zachary. be bun- <laughs> Zachary bananas. Honestly, like, I hope we blow up soon. Like, even five, <laughs> ten years. I'm not in a rush, you know. And then they look back, they someone finds this weird fucking podcast, and they're like, get a load of this. Marvel A-Rex and Ayla Rosetti talking about transgender lions. What the fuck is this shit? Uh, this is one for the vaults. People are going to, like, the real deep OGs are going to be like, oh, yeah, well, I know about the trans line already. <laughs> I re-listen to that every, you know, twice a year. Oh, uh, my God. Classic. So good. It's so good. I really want you to be cast as a lion. Like, if they do a new Wizard of Oz, you could be, like, the lion and the Wizard of Oz. I could totally do it. Yeah. I give, you know, the majority of my te- the, the the majority of my first house is in Leo. So when people meet me, they don't think I'm a Cancer Rising. They're like, "You're definitely a Leo," and I'm like, "Yeah, you give Leo for sure." Oh, for sure. As an actor, yeah. I'm always like, "Look at me, I don't have a shirt on." <laughs> that's like that's the that's the Leo. All main, no shirt. <laughs> All main, no shirt. <laughs> Dude, lion. Oh, it's so Dude good. Lion. Oh, it's so good. Well, Halo, thank you. Uh, we're gonna have you again on the World of Rex. We're trying to pivot so we can get you into us, uh, us into a studio to record. So we'll yeah, see not if we can a do. Closet, although it has been cozy in here. Yeah, I'm in here too. I'm right next to Marvel. So I can say <laughs> we're anything. in the closet. We're in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Come break us out of the closet. One triple yes. trans lion. Give us money so we can get out of the closet. Get out of the closet exactly, and make some yeah. bomb ass television. We're gonna do it. Yeah. Well. It's been a pleasure to spend the por- Lions Portal with you. This has been so good. We're going to have a part two and people get to experience more of us. We'll talk about something even more strange, potentially. Weirder. weirder. We'll take it weirder more, more for part two. Oriented. Yeah. Yes. We'll talk about some art world stuff. Connect it. Yes. yes. So good. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. This was Halo Odorosetti on the World of Rex. I am so excited to have them here again. And until then, see you soon. Take very good care and we'll catch you next week.
Show.